Well, that music means that it's my favorite time of the week because it's time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine, Avram Pilch. This is proudly powered by the Tech Podcast Network. Avram, are you there? Yes. Excellent. How are you doing tonight? Good, really good. Glad to hear it. The uh, the the weather is not killing you guys up there. Ah, you know, uh, it snowed yesterday. Today it's not snowing. Uh, it's just a bit cold, so not too bad if we if you don't go too far. Well, that's good. And with uh, <laughs> with President's Day to tomorrow, maybe you won't have to go too far. Yeah, yeah. For for once, I have off, so that's uh, so that's pretty cool. Nice. And uh, we've got a uh, Mobile World Congress coming up soon, right? Yes. So next week I will be in Barcelona, uh, checking out all of the all the new phones and tablets that are coming. We have uh, a sneaking suspicion that we might even see the Galaxy S5, uh, which is going to be the new Samsung flagship phone. We might see some new smartwatches, and we might even see Nokia's long rumored Android phone. So a lot of cool stuff potentially. Uh, happening at uh, happening in Barcelona definitely uh, after next and they want to make all of our listeners and, and viewers and readers will want to follow you and laptop mag all week long so how can they do that before we get started with this week's topic so uh, obviously go to our homepage laptopmag.com and you'll see all the mobile world congress news there and you can follow me on twitter at geek and chief where I'll be tweeting about it perfect so let's get into tonight's conversation which I know you've been dealing with a, a title conundrum for about <laughs> 10 days. I see you've solved it. Um, if, you, if you follow Abram on Facebook, it's been it's fun to have him gauge interest from some of his subscribers because it's insane. It's just insanity it's, ensues. It's it, great. It's actually pretty funny because the f- when I saw Laptop Mag's Facebook page post this article, the first thing I did was clicked on it because I wanted to see which title you went with. <laughs> ah. You know, it was a really uh, we had too we had too much discussion about it. Probably my fault because it's the kind of article that's harder to sum up in a few in a few words and get people interested in clicking it. And we had some debate about whether or not the word uh, the word glass hole was uh, was rude or not. But uh, since a lot of people use that term now to refer to a rude wearer of Google Glass, and so have we used it in the past. Uh, we went ahead with that, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to sum up um, in in a, in you know a few words uh, why people should should read this article. So I'll sum it up in many words now, which is I got to speak with a number of the kind of leading experts, uh, a leading ethics expert, uh, Randy Cohen, who did the New York Times ethicist column for a dozen years and writes books on ethics. Got to speak to human cyborg Steve Mann uh, and the head of the Future Privacy Forum, Jules Polonetsky, uh, and some other folks about the the ethical issues that we're going to be facing with wearable computers and how our our values and beliefs could change or will change over the next few years because of wearable computers or in response to them. Uh, one of the interesting things that I've noticed um, just over the last couple of months, let's say, is an increase in the number of signs in public places that uh, that say no cameras. For example, um, 
our our local Burger King has even in the drive-through on the window uh, a sign that says uh, no cameras or video equipment. And I I asked, I said, how long has this been here? And the girl at the window said, oh, uh, corporate just sent those to us about three weeks ago. And that was, uh, I don't know, maybe a quarter ago. So it, it is certainly stirring up some, some interesting uh, issues for sure. Well, I think there's there's two issues around around that. Uh, one is, can you wear your wearable computer at all into Burger King and other such places? Uh, and can you? And two is, can you record with it? Now, I, I'm sure you guys remember when smartphones and ca- even just camera-enabled cell phones started to become a thing. Maybe I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago, whenever it was, when you started to really see. Uh, feature phones with uh, with a camera on them, they used to be really, really uh, picky about trying to stop people from even entering a place if they had one in their pocket. I remember going to Yankee Stadium uh, and they would like, you know, pat you down and they'd like take my and I, they'd look at my phone and go, oh, does that have a camera on it? Or, huh, does this look like it has a camera that can re- record video? If it can only record stills, that's okay. And obviously the security people were not tech experts. Uh, but eventually they found they just couldn't get away with that because what are what's everybody going to do? You're going to tell everybody leave their their cell phone at home? How many people are going to go to the stadium when they're told, hey, I can't, I can't leave it at home? Now what you can tell people is, hey, listen, you know, yeah, we know you're bringing this, but don't use the photo feature. So right now it's easy enough to tell people since there's only a handful of people wearing Google Glass and and other devices like it, oh, don't even come here, take it off. But when that becomes a part of people's person, uh, like it is for a couple of human cyborgs like Steve Mann, and you, it would be absolutely jarring to your person to take that off, like taking a hearing aid out if you're hearing impaired. Um, they're going to have to. They're going to have to relent. I think right now it's easy to discriminate against somebody who's wearing a wearable computer on their head because there's so few people doing it. But uh, you know, when everybody has it, you're not going to be able to get away with that. But that raises the second question: like Burger King could ban recording, and people could still come in with their Google Glasses and on the on the premise that hopefully they're not recording us. Uh, we can. Um, you know we can let them in, but uh, if you listen to Steve Mann, who has been living as a who's a professor at University of Toronto, has been living uh, as a cyborg for 30 years now with his home-built heads-up displays. He believes that it is your right, your human right, to record everything that you see, because first of all, in a public place like Burger King, they're recording you. They have surveillance cameras. So his belief, and he calls this his valence contract, is if if a place is recording you, you should be able to record it. Uh, and you know he he believes that this is a way to avoid all kinds of malfeasance, being accused of things that you didn't do, like shoplifting. Here's my evidence that I didn't do it, or whatever, um, etc. And a way of sort of providing personal security now obviously that's a view not a lot of people have right now but it is interesting to wonder 
whether in the future we're just all going to get used to having people walk around recording everything they see and even our intimate conversations with them. Maybe not as so much for security purposes, because that seems sometimes a little paranoid, like, oh, man, I have to wear this all the time just in case somebody mugged me or whatever. But I think the thing that's why you're really going to want it is that um, this is going to become your extended memory. So right now, we count on you know, our human memory to say, wow, what, what occurred back there? What did I witness? What did you say in that conversation? Imagine the conversations that you have with your family, with your kids, whatever. If you could go take go to the videotape, so to speak, and see what exactly you said and they said. I think that eventually, uh, as weird as that sounds, people are going to want to have a digital memory of their experiences. I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think it, it plays a benefit to a lot of the things that uh, Mr. Mann said in the TED Talk that you're, you're kind of referencing, uh, and anyone who hasn't seen it, go watch the TED Talk with Steve Mann. Um, it also goes a little bit further for Alzheimer patients or people, younger kids, that they can wear it and experience things that they may not remember when they get older. They can go back and watch what they did and kind of interact with it that way. And then it also kind of goes a little bit further. Can we... You mentioned in the article, can I change your appearance in my glasses to something more suitable? Can I... Can I make this conversation just a little bit easier to deal with? Can I make this situation easier to deal with by augmenting what my reality is? Or or the topic that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, can I erase you from my existence? Right. Right. I mean, these are now it seems kind of highfalutin, right, to think about technology that could actually do that. But it's not so. But if you look at some of the things that smartphones can do today, it's really not so hard to imagine the next logical step. The Samsung Galaxy phones all have an eraser feature. They can erase someone from your photos based on them walking through the photo. It'll just put the background in their place. So how, how far away are we from being able to do that in real time with our, with our heads-up displays? Could we possibly just not see someone in, anymore and say, you're dead to me? And would that be okay? Well, most people I talked to, including you know Randy Cohen, the ethicist, they felt that, hey, listen, it's your perspective. What matters what, where there becomes a problem is when you start to share the things that you've done. So I think it may reach a point where recording your life may be okay, like life logging your life may be okay as long as you don't share it with people against – as long as you don't share things that involve other people without their permission. So you know, if I, if I life log our really intimate conversation – I can keep that for me, but once I once I share it, then then that's where I'm doing something wrong. And uh, same thing applies to changing someone's appearance. I guess as long as it's uh, just up he- just in here. I mean, really, I guess what we're talking about is that the difference between what's in your mind and what's digitally in your being projected into your eyes is going to be blurred. Because right now, your perspective, your opinion, your imagination colors everything you see anyway. But the future technology will will bring that to life and 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 beam it right into your eyeball uh and one of the things that that raises too is if things are being beamed into my eyeball do i have to pay attention to you anymore do i have to give you 100 percent of my attention i'd like to think the answer is yes 
But think of how distracted people are today, and you can tell when they are because they look down on the, at the smartphone. Well, what happens when it's right here and you can't even really tell that I'm ignoring you or giving you like 60% of my attention while I read some stupid Facebook post uh, that's being projected into my retina? So I think having all that data sent to you at all times may lead to an even greater ADD society where it becomes almost kind of socially acceptable not to give someone 100% of your attention. And it may not even just be uh, Facebook content that somebody else is posting that's being beamed into your eye while you're talking to somebody. You could be researching them while they're right in front of you. Yeah, and the question, to me, this is one of the most fascinating questions and things that I think is going to change in our society is, how much does remembering something about a person matter? Right now, it matters a great deal. So, you know, if I if I haven't seen you in a while, I go up to you at a party and I say, hey, wow, uh, you know, how's your son doing? Noticed it was his birthday. Love those pictures of him at Disney World, all that stuff. You might get the impression, wow, this guy really cares about me. He's been following me. He remembers me. Like, I'm important to him. Uh, but what happens when... I stare at you with my, you know, with my glasses, they facially recognize you and they beam back to me a whole bunch of information about you. So I have it right there while I'm looking at you and I can make small talk with you about it. But guess what? It, it, it was given to me immediately because I looked at you, not because I remembered you. Is that go right now? Mem the memory that you have of the person shows that you value them. In the future, is just remembering something going to matter? Like, remember when it was such a big deal to remember people's birthdays? And now you have Facebook, and Facebook tells you when someone's birthday is, and you click on it, and everybody types the same thing, happy birthday. You might as well have a bot do it. Like, that's, that's like, that I think is going to happen in a, in a bigger way. At the same time, while that, people might think that's rude, it can also be very useful. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been at CES and I've run into like PR people that I might have met once before and I don't remember who the heck they are, but they remember me and I kind of wish I could look at them and see like the last five emails that we sent and whether or not, uh, whether or not we were on good terms or not before, <laughs> right. uh, you know, before approaching them. So I, I really, I really think it could be quite useful. And, and by the way, the police are testing Google Glass, although Google Glass doesn't do this AR stuff right now. And you could just imagine a law enforcement use where you could look at someone and be like, hey, here's their criminal record. Uh, so, so that could be quite, that could be, there are some really good, useful uses of this technology. But I also think it's going to change what we value and how we think of memory. Even, you know, do you need it when, should you be able, should you have to take it off when taking a test? Well, if it's with you all the time, isn't it now part of you and you should be able to have it? It, it, it definitely raises a lot of those questions. And again, another conversation that we could spend two hours on uh, if we could. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't. And the good news is you wrote a whole bunch about it. It would be fun it. to replace all of the tiles on our backdrop with screens and have you and, and, and man and everybody else who's yeah, just in here. <laughs> Have one big conversation, but we don't have time for that. But no, we don't. You've got content available. Indeed. So uh, if you go to laptopmag.com slash geeksgeek, you will see this column and everything in it. And, of course, you can read all of our Mobile World Congress news. 
uh, and all of our other mobile coverage at LaptopMag.com or follow me on Twitter at GeekInChief. We'll have to revisit this one soon, Avram, but until then, uh, I wish you a safe trip to Barcelona. I wish you a room with a window and a phone that works. No, a window that faces outside. Oh, yes, a window that, a window. <laughs> a window that <laughs> faces outside and, and a working phone with data. I wish you all of those things, sir. Thank you so much. And we'll we will see you back soon. in two weeks, right? Two weeks. All righty. Take all right, care. Bye.